Coming up, how to play the office game and win without looking like a jerk. And then, nearly half of workers have more than one full-time job. Wow! We'll break that down with so much more. Let's go. Welcome to the Ken Coleman Show, where we help you win at work so that you can win in life. That's right. If you're winning at work, you got a great shot of winning in other areas of your life. The opposite is true. If you're losing at work, it's going to affect you in life. So, all right, let's talk about this all-important game, right? It's a game, and if you don't want to play it, that's fine. But let's be honest, you need to play it. You want to win at work, you got to play the game. And so let's look at this old adage of nice guys finish last. You ever heard of that before? So that implies that jerks win. But if you look at the world, kind of let's, let's look down on the world for a moment, you might agree with that statement that nice guys finish last because jerks seemingly, they win a lot. So let's dive into this. The research actually backs that conclusion up, sort of. Harvard Business Review found that men with a low level of agreeableness, in other words, jerks, make as much as $10,000 a year more than men who have a high level of agreeableness, in other words, nice guys. So wait a second. Why is it? that this data exists. Why do the jerks make more money than the nice guys? Well, another Harvard study found that we humans tend to automatically assume that nice people may be less competent. Isn't that interesting? So we perceive that jerks or people that are a little rude, a little brisk, are better at their jobs and more powerful and more influential. And as a result of that, the jerks get rated a little higher somewhere in the process, right? They receive more opportunities. They get promoted faster. They're making more money. The data doesn't lie. But this is only half the story. I've been recently uh, uh, reading a book called Barking Up the Wrong Tree by a guy by the name of Eric Barker, and it's, it's, it's all about the science of success, and he gives a lot of data on some preconceived notions about success. And this is what he said on this topic. Bad behavior is strong in the short term, but good behavior wins over in the long term. Now that's great. Let's just pause right there. So that's the good news. Uh, Certainly we see some data where people make more money if they tend to be a little bit more on the jerky side, a little bit more selfish, a little bit more narcissistic. We understand that. But before you just get so down in the dumps, and some of you are watching this, some of you are listening to this, and you've been passed over by some people that they're a whole lot jerkier than you are. They're not nice. They cut corners. They stab people in the back. And you're sitting there going, how is this? So I'm never going to get ahead? I don't want to encourage your heart. That's not true. In the long term, being a good person does come out on top. Now let's look at promotability. Negotiation and longevity of career. Let's look at those here. So at the end of the day, a boss may promote a jerk because they think they're going to do a better job for them. But most of the time, 
in order to get promoted, you need to be likable. If you're negotiating, you know, negotiating is good faith. It is a sense of trust. The give and the take happens with likability and trustability. So people need to like you. Now, being promotable, likable, this X factor, if you will, is fluid. You're not always going to be sitting in a situation where you just, everything is sitting pretty for you. There are times where you got to build it and develop it. Let's just look at if I'm changing a job. I go in, I don't have any social capital. I got to start all over. So this is seasonal. So when that juice, that power that you have, that shine, if you will, fades or is taken away from you, you know, or you're in a position of power and something changes, whatever the situation is. And again, we're talking about winning the game, getting ahead in the workplace. You're going to find that likability and the relationships that develop because of the likability and the trust becomes a much better asset than knifing other people, making these Machiavellian moves, cutting people off, talking bad about them. That's not the game you want to play. You want to play the game of respect, integrity, character, likability, adaptability, coachability. That's the game. Not, you know, gossip, cutting people off at the knees, betraying, lying. Now that works for people, but it doesn't work long term. Eventually they get found out. It can work in the short term, and many of you, and I have been affected by that. I absolutely have. But that's not what you want to adopt. Because if you want to win the game, that means you're ahead on the scoreboard. You're playing the long game, not the short game. And remember, I don't care where you are, what industry you're in, you want to work with people that you like. And so if we begin to pick apart this research about why the jerks can make $10,000 more, we notice that they get ahead because they aren't afraid to push. So let's remove the backbiting and some of the nasty stuff. One of the things that the jerks do is they're okay self-promoting. Are they a little narcissistic? Are they a little arrogant? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, are they sensitive? No. But one of the reasons that the jerks get ahead is because they will self-promote. They will fight for themselves. They will raise their hand and say, I want the chance. I deserve the chance. I'm the best. Uh, they'll go have the difficult conversation about negotiating. They'll go have a difficult conversation that, hey, things aren't working. I don't like the seat I'm on. I want a different seat. That freaks some of you out. But see, here's the good news. You can do those things. You can do all of those things and not be an arrogant, jerky person. If you are a great product, meaning you're a good team member, you're diligent, you deliver great work, you can market yourself that way. And if you're not happy, in the current seat, but you want to be on the bus, you can say that in a very humble and honest, non-entitled way. You can do that. So play the same game just with a different set of rules. See, this is the long game. So that you win in ways that truly matter. And here's what's going to happen. Just as that jerky person will be bold for all of the wrong reasons, you will see 
that you will develop develop boldness for all of the right reasons. See, the jerk is all about boldness for them, the good person, the nice guy, the nice gal. They're about boldness for what is right and ultimately for others. Like, I believe that I'm the best fit for this. I love this work. Here's why. I want to do this. I want to contribute this way. I'm willing to pay my dues. I'm willing to learn and be coached. See, the jerk doesn't want that. The jerk is, hey, I want the position, baby. I want the check. I want the title. I deserve it. A lot of eyes, a lot of me's in the jerk vocabulary. In the nice guy and the nice gal vocabulary, we hear a lot of we's and us and them. That's the difference. So taking a page from the jerks is what I'm truly trying to get you to do today. Why am I teaching all this? Because there's something that the jerks do that the nice guys and gals ought to do. And that is think about your advancement. Think about it. Talk about it. Act on it. That's what they do. They just have blinders on. They're bumping into everybody else all the time. But the nice person can be just as bold, just as aggressive, just as strategic without having to be a jerk. So that's the takeaway today. You don't have to be a jerk to get ahead. Nice people get ahead. You just do it in a way that is pleasing to others. And it's about the big picture. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech, can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to the Ken Coleman Show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. Helping you win in your work life. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, if you're enjoying the program, help us grow, would you please? You can do that by liking the video you're watching, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and then sharing a video or two or three with those you think might need it. Then if you're listening via the podcast app, would you give us a follow, a five-star review, and share an episode as well. Okay, so uh, we talked about this uh, we've talked about this spottingly as stories have arisen, certainly began during 2020 and 2021 when 
just about everybody was in some form of remote or hybrid work. And we began to see patterns of, certainly in the technology space, people working two jobs. We've talked about on this program, we call it professional polygamy, right? You're cheating on, you got you got them sister wives. I think that was a popular show on HBO. Yet the multiple wives, multiple companies. And so this is more and more thing. And it's now being called overemployment. Overemployment, which I think is a silly term. Because at Ramsey Solutions, we'll give advice to people all the time. You're trying to get out of debt and save money, working two and three jobs. But we, when we say that, we're talking about one full-time job, and then you're working two or three other jobs on the side. That's what we prescribe. Uh, but almost two in five Americans are working a full-time second job. So they're working two full-time jobs. And it's not what you think here if you're thinking, oh, wow, these people are really hard workers. They might be, but this is not 80 hours a week. Essentially, they are putting in a 40-hour week, and they are working for two different companies, and the companies do not know about each other. So my team brought me a a video clip uh, of some man-on-the-street type stuff. In this case, it's a woman on the street. And listen to this, and we'll come back to this new trend. Watch this. I'm a software engineer. And you have more than one job? Yes, I'm overemployed at two companies. Two full-time jobs. Correct. How much do you make at both and then combined? At one, it's 125 and at another, it's 112 base plus 20 RSUs and 10 sign-on. So over 200K easy. Yeah, definitely oh over 200K easy. How did you get into this? Like, what did you study in college? How long have you been doing it? I studied computer science in college. I've been doing it for a little bit less than a year. I don't even sign on to one of them. I just show one is a huge corporate America company. I think they have so many people that you just get lost in the system. I do expect to get fired on my one year anniversary, if not sooner, but they should have fired me after a month, so I'm really grateful for them. And I have the backup, which I actually work and I actually love, and 100% do. Okay, this is, uh, I love the sweet interviewer who's like, oh, you're going to get fired? She's like, no, I should have gotten fired a month in because I don't even sign in. So it's obviously some type of tech sign-in, and, 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 and we don't see the gal who's being interviewed, but she just comes right out and says it. I should have gotten fired a month in. I don't sign in. How tragic is this? Large company. And, and and she just comes right out and says it. I think they're so big that they don't even they don't even care. Oh my goodness. And best I could tell, uh it, depending on on the number she gave us, one is 125 and the other with bonuses and sign on is is nearing 140. 150,000. So it's mind-boggling to me, first of all, that that companies would would pay someone over six figures. For, for, listen, pay someone ten thousand dollars, and they haven't signed in in over a year. It's it's preposterous to me that people would waste that kind of money, but it's happening more than we think. So, in this situation, she's really not doing any work at all for the one, and she likes the other job. Fascinating. What do you think? Do you think that's okay if the company doesn't even know that she signed in? Or they may know, the the leader knows, but doesn't care? Is this a problem? In this case, it's, it's, you know, normally I'd say I think you're stealing from somebody. I don't know who she is. It feels like they're giving her the money. 
I don't know if she's stealing. Feels like they're just going, here you go. I mean, if, if, if in the first month you expected to get fired because you hadn't signed on and you've not heard anything and it's almost a year, I'm not so sure that she will get fired. What's that annual review going to be like? So, hey, this is the first time we've ever talked. What? It's mind-boggling to me. Into the numbers of Americans who are working two full-time jobs at the same time. They're cheating on both companies. 37% of respondents to a January 23 poll from Monster admitted to having more than one full-time job. And among those who only work one full-time job, most, 57%, said they'd consider adding another job. So if people aren't doing it, they're thinking about it. Professional polygamy is running wild. And you know why? It can, because company leaders are so detached. And certainly even with hybrid work, or remote work, it's entirely doable. I mean, they don't know what you're doing. They don't know if you're at the coffee shop walking the dog on the playground with your kids. They don't know because they can't see you. So why are people doing this? This is interesting. Let's get into why. Americans are doubling up only because their primary job isn't providing enough money to make ends meet. Is that the case? I'm suspicious ends meet based on your spending habits and what you want to live like? Or if you lived on a really tight budget, does your primary job take care of your needs? Do you have a bunch of debt? Are you carrying around car payments, massive credit card debt? If that's the case in this situation, that's on you. It's interesting to me on what Americans will do to live the lifestyle they want that they can't afford, and then they get themselves in a situation like this to where they're lying, cheating on other companies. Almost half of the respondents said they're worried their current job will lay them off, and they're seeking another as a backup plan. Now, the challenge with this is that if you are, and not in this young gal's case that we, we were listening to, but let's say you are working 50, 60 hours. You're going to burn out pretty quick. How much time do you have for your family life? How much time do you have for exercise and eating right? And are you sleeping well? This has profound impact on you. It's also legally really gray. Many companies have HR policies in place that prohibit employees from working in another role in the same industry. So if you were to be found out, and we shared stories on this program where people have been caught, uh, you could you could have a really negative situation on your hands. Could be sued, certainly fired on the spot, lose benefits, all kinds of things. Not a good look. Now, this is interesting. More in line with the testimony that we saw on the video. 20% said they simply were not busy enough at their full-time gig to justify not making the most of their time. In fact, 35% of workers reported working fewer than 30 hours per week in their primary role. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, is this not mismanagement on steroids? Are you kidding me? Yeah. uh, I mean, I'm only working 30 hours a week. I got to make some more money. I'm not doing anything here. 
literally paid to not work full-time. It's mind-blowing to me, the corporate waste. I, I would love to see, Alex, the CEOs and board members of some of these companies with these testimonies. They'd freak out. This is all about leadership and management and systems and processes that allow this kind of stuff to go on. So, do I think it's shady? Do I think it's professional polygamy? Yes, I do. Do I think it could harm you it with real burnout and a whole host of other negative impact on your personal life if you're working those crazy hours? Yes. Do I understand if you're getting paid to do nothing that you're tempted to work another full-time job and sock some money away? Yeah, I understand it. I got a little Robin Hood complex. I'm torn. I get it. If your boss and your company is dumb enough to pay you full-time like this one gal and she hasn't signed on in a year, well, then maybe she should take their money and stack it. I don't know. I'm so confused over the whole story. What do you say? I want to know in the comments. Let me know what you think about it. Is this the future or is this corporate malfeasance and just nonsense run amok? I don't know. It's crazy. I need some time to think, folks. My head's about to explode. This is the Ken Coleman Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we all need help being better? And they're great at it. You know, we all carry around a lot of stress from our family life and our professional life, and it can just hit us at the same time. Big stuff, small stuff. And we can talk to our friends, or maybe you have a great relationship with a leader at work or a coworker, but you may not feel comfortable telling them everything. I know I wouldn't. And when we keep things bottled up, it will eventually leak out, and it's really negative. But therapy, it's a safe space to get everything off your chest with an unbiased professional and figure out how to work through the stuff that's weighing you down. So if you've thought of therapy before, you're thinking about it now, please try BetterHelp. Therapy isn't just for people who've gone through trauma. It's great to build skills, to become better personally and professionally. And BetterHelp is flexible enough to fit your busy schedule because it's completely online. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get stuff off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ken. You are created to fill a unique role in your work. That means you are needed and it means you must do it. Somebody out there needs you to be the best version of you and... If you're going, I agree with that statement, Kim, but I have no idea how to figure out what that role is. No worries. I got you covered. The Get Clear Work Assessment has helped so many people get an idea of what purposeful work looks like. It's a self-awareness measurement tool. It will measure what you're really good at doing. That's your talent. It will measure the work that you enjoy doing. That's passion. And it will measure the results of work that actually gets you fired up in the morning. That's mission. Learn about it at KenColeman.com slash assessment. KenColeman.com slash assessment. Okay, so in the news here, uh, a story of just mind-numbingly stupid leadership that act within a rule or a policy and have no common sense. In other words, I can only think within groupthink. I cannot think with any common sense. And my, oh my, folks, can I just tell you in today's world, it feels like the gap between groupthink and common sense is a massive chasm. 
uh, uh, can I just tell you, am I the only one who sees this? The gap between common sense and what I mean by common sense is an individual is confronted with a situation or a position and they look at it and they go, all right, let me let me pull this apart. Let me think about it. Let me consider it. What do I think? What do I feel? Why do I think that? Why do I feel this? And then they come up with a position. This would be common sense. Now, groupthink is, well, what's everybody else saying about it? Well, what are people going to say if I think this? You run every instinct through a filter of the majority or the loudest opinions. And that's how we get groupthink, which drowns out common sense. And in your case, you're wondering, what are you talking about? Well, that's how millions of Americans bought the idea that if you wore a mask walking into the restaurant and in the lobby waiting area and you wore it all the way to the table and you took it off just to eat, put it back on as you were walking back out of the car, that you were safer than the rest of us. That, my friends, is groupthink. That is not common sense. Groupthink is compliance. Common sense is uncommon. So here we go. Lowe's. I love Lowe's. I love Lowe's. I love Amazon. Why is it that I always got these bad stories about companies that I love? I love Lowe's. By the way, I love Home Depot too. I love them both. I don't choose. That's just whichever one I'm closest to. I'm the same way on Pepsi and Coke too, by the way. Like I really don't know if you put a Pepsi can or a Coke can in front of me right now, which one I'd pick. I don't care. So I'm not banging on Lowe's. I love Lowe's. But Lowe's fired one of their 68-year-old employees. Now, I think that's important to point out. 68. I can tell you, if a 68-year-old is working at Lowe's, it's for one of two reasons. One, they have to. Because they don't have the retirement that they need to be able to retire, and so they're picking up some hours. Or number two, because they want to, because maybe they are retired. They don't want to sit at home and watch... Family Feud and Wheel of Fortune and everything all day long. The Game Show Network or whatever it is that 68-year-olds watch on TV. Murder, She Wrote, Matlock, I don't know. So wants to get out and be active. Now, those are two really good freaking reasons to work at 68. So here she is. Her name is Donna Hansborough. Or Hansborough. And Donna was at a Lowe's store. When three suspects loaded over $2,000 worth of merchandise into a shopping cart and went out of the store. And here comes Donna. And Donna's 68. Donna's there because she wants to be or because she needs to be. In other words, Donna cares. And Donna says, "Uh uh-uh. Any human with any sense of character, integrity goes, well, that's not right. But she doesn't just think that's not right. She attempts to grab the cart to stop them. She then gets hit in the face three times, to which gives her a beautiful little shiner for her trouble. And then she was fired. Why was Donna fired for attempting to stop shoplifters? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. Because we live in a world today where it seems as though anyone can sue anyone over anything. Let me say it again. We live in a world today where it is seemingly possible for anyone to sue anyone for anything. And as outrageous as that sounds, there's a good chance they'll win or get some money because these large companies don't want to deal with the nuisance and they just pay to make it go away. And now we've got out-of-control ambulance chasers who will represent any snowflake with a hurt feeling. We need tort reform in this country. Just going to set that out there for you discerning individuals. Uh, We, the people, need to put the pressure on Congress to pass real tort reform. It ought to be really hard to sue somebody for something frivolous. Well, because of everybody being sue happy, Donna gets fired because, and I understand why these companies do this. In this case, Lois is saying, look, and this is their official statement. Products can be replaced. The $2,000 worth of products can be replaced. Donna cannot. I agree with that statement. So they put this policy in place so that Donna doesn't get hit over the head with a two-before. Thankfully, Donna didn't get hit with a two-before. But she still got hit in the face. But did Donna do what was right? Yes, she did. Did Donna follow the rules? No, she didn't. So what does the bright bulb in a management position at that Lowe's store decide to do? Well, Donna, this has to be, by the way, can I act a little bit here? I'm going I'm to go into a scene here. This is what I think the bright bulb, and I'm being sarcastic, this is what the dimwit, the, the dimwit manager does. Okay. They now know that the suspects have taken off with $2,000 worth of stuff. And there's Donna in front of them. Alex, Donna's probably bleeding. Donna's 68. She's been hit in the face three times. Trying to do the right thing. And you sit Donna down. Donna's probably shaking. And I'm assuming it went something like this. Donna, are you going to be okay? We're going to get you first aid, send you home, you know, whatever, whatever. And Donna, um, (sighs) section four of the handbook. Page 37, subsection 4.25. Oh, gosh. <sighs> Donna, it says right there that if someone to, were to attempt to steal it, Lowe's employees are forbidden, restricted from entering into the situation. They are instructed to let it go, report it to the manager, and it's a fireable offense. And Donna, I mean, my hands are tied. I we could be sued. I could lose my job. I Donna. Donna, did you read this when we hired you? Yes, I did. Hold on, let me wipe the blood off my eye. Donna, I I you're such a nice lady, but Donna, I I have to fire you. We Donna, we have to let you go. You, Donna, are a danger to to Lowe's corporate. We could get sued. And Donna, um, I could lose my job because you didn't follow section 4.25 on page 37 of the menu. This is this is what this idiot's saying. And they fired her. 
Instead of, can I tell you what they should have done? Hey, Donna, I am so sorry this happened. You are so brave. Take whatever time you need. We're going to pay you. Go get well. Recover. Spend some time laughing. You know, you were very brave. Hey, listen, you know our policy is I could fire you for this because the company doesn't want to get sued. I'm not going to fire you. If this were to ever happen again, Donna, would you please immediately call us? We're going to we're going to put a policy in place like do this. Uh, get a description of them. Take a picture of them with your cell phone. And we're going to put these guys in jail. Just in the future for your own safety, report it yes. Don't grab the cart. Now, go take a couple days off. We'll see you back on Thursday. That's what they should have done. Well, thankfully, senior management heard about this bonehead, this dimwit manager, and they reinstalled Donna. So all is right with the world. Why do I share the story? Because we need more leaders who are willing to use common sense and think and not get stuck in a policy. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.